presented by OnX. Know where you stand with OnX. That's a new personal best bike here. Now here's your host, Brett Amundsen. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the show, and uh, we're we're welcoming back you here into our home studio. We're back in the United States, back from Canada, back from Taz and Lake Lodge. I, Dan, I'm not sure, not so sure how I feel about it. Not happy about it. Not happy about it. We, I mean, we like it here, uh, but we prefer being up there as often as possible. But we had to come back because we're headed to ICAST. We're going to be down in Florida next week. So for the next probably the next couple of weeks, I'm sure we're going to have a lot of content that uh, we're going to we're going to do while we're down in uh, Florida at ICAST. We're going to be interviewing a bunch of the the people down there, bringing you the brand new products from the different brands. We're also going to do some fishing. Hopefully, Dan will do some tarpon fishing down there. Still not walleyes. <laughs> no, we'll do plenty of walleye fishing around here, I'm sure, yet before we go back to Saskatchewan anyway. And we're going to do some walleye fishing later this summer in Saskatchewan at a couple of different places too, Dan. Hey, you you fished Tobin before. You're, I'm sure you're excited to get back up there. I need revenge. It wasn't too kind to me. Yeah, you struggled a little bit while you're up there we had an unbelievable trip but uh tons of big walleyes up there and big pike of course and then we're going to get you up to camp grayling for your first walleye lake trout pike and grayling experience never caught a grayling before right dan i've never had the opportunity no we'll get you a grand slam while we're up there later this summer but we're back and we got a lot to get to in fact we're still got uh we've got another interview uh this week from our time up at tazan lake lodge in saskatchewan the new fly fisher came and filmed and we had a chance to sit down with uh, the couple of the girls that were there and also their camera guy ryan we had to talk to him too about filming at tazan lake lodge so for this week and next week we'll bring you those interviews from the new fly fisher mm-hmm. It's a show all about fly fishing, and they crushed while they're up there at Taz and Lake Lodge fly fishing for Lake Trout and Big Pike. Just uh, some unbelievable pike fishing on the fly. Jenna's going to tell us about that coming up later in the show. We also have a, a great interview with Eric Osberg from Otter Tail Lakes Country. Uh, we'll, we'll find out what what families can do in Otter Tail Lakes Country and why it's a great family destination for fishing here during the summer months. But also his son Willie went on the adventure of a lifetime and will tell you where and when and what it meant to be a parent to send your kid away for, what was it, three weeks? Just about a month, yeah. Just about a month? Uh, man, and what if he's 13 years old and you send your kid away on an adventure for uh, three and a half weeks or so or whatever it is and how his son felt about it and how the parents felt about it and how it went day by day during that trip. Joe Henry will also join us too for a Lake of the Woods fishing report. He was just up there filming with Greg Jones with Midwest Outdoors. How did they do and what did they catch their wallies on during this bug hatch? We'll find out. Dan, who are our sponsors this week on the show? Yeah, we've got Haybell Heights Campground and Resort on Devil's Lake. Book a trip to Devil's Lake at haybellheights.com. Ottertail Lakes Country. Find your inner otter at ottertaillakescountry.com. Lake of the Woods Tourism. Lake of the Woods is the walleye capital of the world. Plan a trip for this summer at lakeofthewoodsmn.com. Camp Grayling, catch the Grand Slam Lake Trout Pike Grayling and Walleye Fish Camp Grayling this summer. On X, know where you stand with On X. Mid-Migration Outfitters, come hunt waterfall this fall out of heated 10-man pits and comfortable blinds. Learn more at midmigrationoutfitters.com. And Prairie Sportsman, the new season wrapped up. Watch episodes anytime at the Prairie Sportsman YouTube channel or check your TV guide for local airtimes of reruns. You know, I'm going to miss the float plane. Dan, we're flying to Florida 
here uh, this weekend. Sunday, we're flying down for ICAST down in Florida, and we're looking forward to it. It's going to be a, a good trip down there. Some really cool new products coming out this year. We're going to do some ocean fishing, but there have just been some nightmares that I've been hearing about for airline travel. We had guests coming into Tazin that luggage was getting lost all over the place. There were a lot of delays. Thankfully, we're flying direct down to Florida. I'm looking forward to the to flying direct, hopefully all of our luggage. We're going to pack light, I think, and carry on as much as we can so that we don't lose lose any luggage because uh, it sounds like it's been a, a bit of a difficult time for airline travel right now. And, and you know, when we go down, we, I don't think we'll get to make as cool of a video or see as good of uh, the scenery as we did when we flew into Tazan Lake Lodge. Like that flight in on that float plane is uh, is such a neat experience. And that was your first float plane ride, ride right, Dan? Yeah, that's correct. What'd you think? It's pretty neat. I'd like to do it again someday. <laughs> Sure we will. Yeah, I'm sure we it, will. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty. It's a cool way to start a trip like that. So if you go to uh, Taz and Lake Lodge on Instagram or Facebook, we've got a video uh, that we made from the flight in. We'll show you a little bit of it right now of what it looks like flying in. So this is flying over the Athabasca sand dunes. And I've flown over them a number of times going to Tazan, but that river that you can see right there, I have never gotten uh, quite that look at it during that flight and Cal, our pilot took us over that because it's just uh, it's just beautiful. So this is one of the most Northern uh, sand formations in the world. They can say the most northernmost desert or whatever you want to say, but it's a big sand formation. There's so much sand and rock around Lake Athabasca in Tazan Lake that it's it's beautiful because you've got big rocky hillsides with uh, with all the trees on it, and then you've got sand beaches in between it. And it'd be nice if the water was just a little bit warmer because it's. It's like a summer vacation at the beach with giant fish, only you don't really want to go swimming because water temps are like 60 degrees. Well, you also don't really want to go swimming because you want to go fishing. Yeah. And that's why you're there. You're it's not there to go swimming. You're it's there not, to go fishing. Yeah, it's not a beach vacation. You don't put floaties on and go jump off the dock or anything. You're you're in the boat chasing fish around, but it's a it's beautiful flight in going across the Athabasca sand dunes and then flying across Lake Athabasca and, uh, and then over the, the giant hills made out of uh, the Canadian Shield granite as you fly into Tazan Lake Lodge. It's a pretty neat experience. You can watch it now on the Tazan Lake Lodge Facebook or Instagram channel. And I just got uh, this picture. We just shared this picture on Wednesday, Tuesday night. One of our guests up there, Jack, uh, who's in the boat with Rylan, caught this giant, giant fish. It was estimated to be about 65 pounds. So it was 50 and a half inches long by 32 inches for girth. That's a massive fish. Anytime you get girth, a girth around 30 inches, you're talking about a big fish. And we use a weight to uh, uh, length and girth to weight conversion scale. So it's an estimated weight, uh, but it's right around 64, 65 pounds. Either way, uh, absolute trophy. Congratulations to Jack right there. And your dad caught a fish with a girth like that on the Mississippi River the other day. Yeah, he uh, he went to the Tazan Lake at home experience and <laughs> caught the biggest drum i've ever seen in my life this look at thing. that i don't remember he's almost 40 inches i think 27 inch girth or something like that i'd have to ask him again to remember but uh near state record length and width state records 35 pounds if you use our chart our conversion chart our formula that we use a tazan which you could it's a that's a formula for lake trout well it's technically for large bellied fish is what it is gotcha. so this would fit into that and this would this came out if you do the math it came out to like 35.9 pounds so uh he might have thrown back the the new state record drum 
what do you do? I mean, yeah, it would be cool to get that state record. That is a huge fish. And drum, I, I don't care who you are, drummer, hard-fighting fish, they're fun to catch. I know you're trying to catch walleyes most of the time, and I'm sure he thought he just had a stud walleye on there. Did you talk to him about it? Yeah, I don't think he thought he had a walleye on because it, it didn't, you know, you know how drum are. They don't really feel like walleyes, and when it's peeling that much drag, yeah, probably thought it was a sturgeon or you, catfish on the river. You're not catching going to catch a 35-pound walleye. Not on the St. Croix River, <laughs> the Mississippi River. Or, in, or anywhere. Well, know. maybe at a nuclear plant. Maybe <laughs> Deacon Baker. Walleye, yeah, triploid walleye. Uh, man, what a what a catch! And drummer, good to catch, and they're good to eat too. I wouldn't I wouldn't slice up that one necessarily, but uh, there's good eater sized uh, drum and man, thirty five pound drum. It'd be fun to catch. I wouldn't complain about that at all. So congratulations to my brother, your dad, oh, Wade, right there on uh, a drum of a lifetime from the Saint Croix River. All right, Eric Osberg from Otter Tail Lakes Country is going to join us next. He's got a great story that you're going to want to hear. Plus, Joe Henry with the Lake of the Woods Fishing Report, and we'll we'll meet Jenna McEwen from the new fly fisher who had an unbelievable trip to Tazan Lake Lodge for giant pike on the fly all coming up. 852 million acres of public land, 147 million private properties, all in the palm of your hand. The number one hunting GPS app just got better. With hundreds of custom map layers, 3D and topographic maps, you can easily scout on the road or at home before you go. And now you can get important weather details, CWD detection, and even know what crops have been planted where. Get the most trusted hunting GPS app ever made. Onyx. Know where you stand with Onyx. All right, we're joined now by Eric Osberg from Otter Tail Lakes Country to talk about summer in uh, the, uh, one of the counties in the state that's got just a bazillion lakes. I counted them, Eric. Last time I drove through there, it was one bazillion lakes that are in Otter Tail Lakes Country. And I'll tell you what, where I was just at up in, up in Canada, I wanted to swim because it was warm, it was hot, but water temps were like 60 degrees. Yeah. And uh, so I didn't do a whole lot of swimming. But man, that that and I missed... That beach on Dead Lake, where I was at Sunset Bay last year for the opener, that beautiful long sand beach. There was a volleyball net out there. You could play volleyball in the water on that beach. I was I was dreaming of that beach to do some swimming here this last couple of weeks because it's been it's been hot everywhere lately. Yeah, if you're looking to to have fun in the water, uh, not necessarily well on the water fun, but in the water fun. I think uh, Ottertail County and our our plethora of, of resorts offer a lot of good opportunities. Um, my family actually at this moment, they're at a beach at East Silent Lake Resort and uh, they have, you know, a water slide, they got a water trampoline, they've got like a little obstacle course. Uh, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of beaches at a lot of resorts with a lot of water toys, Barky's Resort on Otter Tail Lake. You can rent jet skis and not, this isn't the only one, but, but you can rent jet skis, you can rent pontoons. An interesting thing about Barky's Resort on Otter Tail Lake is, yeah, they're right there, is you don't have to be staying there to rent a jet ski. So oh. if, you want, if, if you're in the area and you want to rent a jet ski, you call up Barky's and uh, they'll, they'll make the arrangements and, and you could take the jet ski to whatever lake you're on. Um, no, we've reached that point in the summer where um, – swimming or fun in the water is just almost as important as, as, as catching fish. It's a, it's a short window, but, uh, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, keeping the kiddos entertained in the water is, is a, is a, is a big activity right now. 
Of course. And, you know, a lot of people are taking fishing trips and they're bringing the whole family. So you try to catch some fish. Maybe that's even just uh, going out for, for bluegills and sunfish, uh, getting, them, getting them a few fish. But if, especially if you got young kids along, what do they say? If you bring young kids, you always have to have one thing in your boat and that's snacks. Yeah. Right. Snacks. And then uh, something to keep them entertained and uh, having a nice place to do some swimming is, is important. And there, I mean, yours, you guys are f- full of places like that in Otter Tail Lakes yeah. country, aren't you? Yeah. And there's and there's just some public beaches, too. Like mm-hmm. uh, Battle Lake has a really nice public beach. Uh, uh, Vergus has a really nice public beach. Uh, uh, Eagle Lake, which is on the southern part of, of Otter Tail County, kind of in the Clitheroe area. There's a nice public beach uh so if you if you if you do some research and, and take a look around even if you're not at a resort there's plenty of places where you could uh take a dip take a swim and uh cool off so speaking of, of bringing kids on trips uh obviously willie's no stranger to tagging along with you on and fishing in a lot of different places but he's getting a little bit older now and he went off and experienced his own trip recently eric he did, and I'm super jealous. Uh, so, <laughs> so I I filmed a story for Minnesota Bound. Uh, I think it was it was in 2016 is when I filmed the story, and it's a place called Camp Voyager, and it's and it's designed as a place where kids can grow up a little bit. And so he was on a peninsula in Ely, Minnesota. That's there you go. You got it, Dan. Uh, he was on this peninsula for a month. Um, and they, and, and it was a little more hardcore than, and I knew it was going to be hardcore, but, but when he got back and there, there, you don't have to play it, but there's the video I shot. From oh, cool. Bound. Yeah. Um, it, it, um, so he had two big trips so that, you know, they spend a week in camp kind of learning the different things. And then, then they went out on a trip round one trip. And that first trip was five days and, and, you know, out on the trail. Right. And it's a bunch of kids and a camp counselor. And then they come back and then they, and then they kind of regroup and then they go back out. His second trip was eight days and they covered 80 miles. Wow. Yeah. And, and I, I like, I, I, it it didn't dawn on me that it would be that hardcore. And so out of the last 28 days, he spent 13 of them in a tent or on the trail. So basically he spent two weeks on the trail um, with a little break in between. And, and I, he, it's, it's funny cause we picked him up last Saturday or we picked him up Saturday and he's still tired. And, and so I think, <laughs> I think that I mean, like it's two in the afternoon and he's yawning and I'm like, what's up? He's like, I'm just tired. I, 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 you know, their cabins are nice. They're cool, but it's, it's basically a screened in porch. And so he was sleeping in a screened in porch or a tent for a month. And, and I'm guessing he didn't get a ton of sleep, but I, I couldn't say enough good things about the camp. I, I, I don't know what I was hoping he would accomplish or experience, but he, um, I mean, he hiked, you know, he, he went on an 80 mile trek through the boundary waters. Yeah. Like that's, that's you can't I, you know what that that's that's a lifetime worth of lessons in in eight days and there, there's so many individual stories that he told that were so cool like they were if you can imagine this they're sitting on a trail they're sitting on a by a campfire or whatever their camp counselor is reading them a book and and again 
first of all, no internet, no TV, no telephone, no cell phone, no nothing, no technology for a month. So they're sitting on this, they're out on the trail, their camp counselor is reading them a book. It was about the lake that they were on, and it was a chapter about loons. And mm-hmm. Willie said, right when he closed the book, like seven loons, yeah, like seven loons started talking. Like you, That's like awesome. you can't, that is awesome. Like I get chills thinking about it. And, 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 you know, Willie's pretty good at fishing. I mean, he, he it's, fits his skill set. And, um, so I asked him, I said, did you tie any knots for any of the other kids when you were out fishing? And he said, yeah. Um, I even tied a few for the counselors because they didn't know the they, they didn't know the polymer knot. So he so he taught he taught the counselors a polymer knot. And then he said his his counselor got a twenty four inch uh, walleye out on the trail, and so uh, Willie filleted it, and 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 then he asked the counselor. He said, "Do you want me to get the cheeks?" And, and the counselor said, "The what?" The what? <laughs> he's like the cheeks. He's like you know you can you know he's you know with the carcass there. He's like, see right here, that's there's meat in those cheeks. And the counselor's like, sure, get the cheeks. And, and, and then Willie's like, how about the wings? And the counselor's like, what? Uh, what? <laughs> how far is this? Yeah, sure, get the wings. So um, his his skill set came in handy out on the trail. Um, and and as of this moment. Willie has the, he caught the most fish. There's like 50 kids there. So he, he caught the most fish at camp and he, he's got the biggest smallmouth, which was 19 and a half. So oh, nice. Well, well, if it stands, if the 19 and a half stands, he'll get his name on a plaque in the, in the main cabin. But yeah, if anybody's interested in, in cha- challenging their kid, I mean, this is, this is not duckies and bunnies. This is, this is hard. Um, Camp Voyager uh, is 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 uh, I, I can't say enough good things about the way they take care of the kids and the way they treat the kids and what they teach the kids and what they learn. So, uh, CampVoyager.com is a is is a place you can you can look them up. That's very cool. And eighty days or eighty miles in in eight days is that what you said? So yeah, they're going yep. they're going ten miles. And and where do they have time to fish? Paddling? They're paddling and tenting, right? So they're paddling ten miles a day. They fished a lot off from shore. They, you know, so they would get to where they wanted to be, and I have no idea what course or path they were on. But they fished. They caught a lot of fish from from their campsites, and and so um, you know that nineteen and a half inch smallmouth. He was he was at on he was on an island or a peninsula or whatever when he caught that. But no, it uh, and and I will say he was homesick. He struggled in the beginning, like. You know, you're you're away from friend. I mean, he, you know, total strangers. You're on, you know, and so his first letter home didn't rave about how much fun he was having. It was, <laughs> it was. Oh, I want to come home, oh. and 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 again, without that communication, for you know, like it was hard on us as parents. Like we couldn't call him, we couldn't text him, we couldn't, you know, whatever. It's just you're like, I hope he makes it, but. <laughs> But when we, when we got there to pick him up, he was his normal bubbly self, just yappity yap telling stories. And I was there with the counselors and, and I'm like, uh, you know, was he like this the whole time? You know, was he this happy or is it just cause we're here? And they're like, when he got back from that first trip, like once he went out and, and, and came back, 
then then he was like this, and then it's been bubbly, chatty, story Willie ever since. So, and this um, would this would have been probably his first time away from home, especially for that length of time, right? Yeah, I mean, he slept over at a buddy's house a bunch of times, but he's never been without mom and or dad for multiple nights, let alone a month. And, and, how, and how old is he? He's 13. 13. So is yep. this camp, is that's kind of the age group? Is it different ages or is that kind of the it, age group that it's meant for? It's 10 to 18 and 10, 10 is pretty young. I mean, it's, it takes a pretty special 10 year old to go <laughs> into the boundary waters for a month. Uh, but that, you know, 11, 12 year old, uh, 13 and there's, and then what happens is a lot of these kids go back. Right. So they'll go one year and they're like, yep, we're going back. And so, uh, you know, not every kid there was a first timer. There were a lot of, uh, you know, second, third, even fourth time in their life that they've been at camp. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, and it, it's an interesting story to the camp itself. I mean, the, they've been doing this for 70 years. It wow. started in the, it started in the fifties. And, and, and so, well, it, you and, know, and I wonder if they get that reaction a lot, you know, within the first few days or whatever, the, you know, kids are, gosh, I don't know if this is going to be right for me. I want to come home type of thing, but it's maybe it's designed to be long enough to get to experience that, get over the hump, realize they're going to be okay. They're going to enjoy it and they're going to have a good time and grow as a person in the process. Yeah. And, and they do have, they have a two week option. They have a four week option. They have a six week and eight week option. And, and, when it comes to homesickness, they say the best thing you can do is is go for four weeks hmm. because that, that two-week option, they spend the first week missing home, and then they spend the second week looking forward to going home. And, and what, you know, you're exactly right, Brad. They, they eventually, they let go. And, they were, and I, I was in communication via text with one of his counselors, and, and so he was giving me some updates, but, but – you know, after we got that letter where in Willie's words were every second of every day, I want to come home. And I'm like, well, that sucks. That's not fun. Um, and so I shared that with his camp counselor. And then and then the cabin counselor, like, sent us a detailed report of what he was observing and what he thought Willie was capable of or not capable of. And, and, and the conclusion was he had no in his professional opinion. You know, because this is what they do for a living. In his professional opinion, there was no reason physically or mentally Willie wouldn't be able to complete the task. And so that reassured me anyways. My wife, not so much. She just, <laughs> <laughs> she just wanted her son to be happy. So, yeah. um, But no, they, 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 it's, a, it's, a, it's a family operation, the Erdman family. John and Deb, their brother and sister, their dad started this. And, and, and you know... You, you could tell when we picked him up. I mean, he's given hugs to Deb and given hugs to the, the camp nurse. Mama T is her name. Um, you could tell that they connected, you know, uh, on, a, on a pretty deep level. And, and again, not, it's not for every kid. Yeah. It, it, you, the, the kid and, and Willie, you know, we gave him a choice. Do you want to do this? You know, and after – he did, you know, I was, show, I, I remember I was showing him on the website and, and then he went up to his room and he came back and he said, dad, I've given it a lot of thought. I'm like six, six minutes of thought. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, yep, I want to go. So he did it. And now I don't know if he's going to go back. I don't know if he fell in love with the boundary waters. 
I just know that that he's done something that I haven't done. Well, that's and, a long time. You know, I've I've been going to the Boundary Water since I was, since I was a kid, and uh, I, I think it's one of my favorite places on the planet. It's beautiful, but it's wild. And going there, of course, when I went, I went with my family, so I you know I wasn't away from family. And I went to camps as a kid from some 4-H camps, but they were you know a week maybe tops. So that's a that's a lot, especially for a 13 year old. But I will say he probably had a lot of experience on those lakes in Ottertail County to get him ready for a trip he like did. that. Especially if he's teaching the, if he's teaching the counselor stuff, yeah. <laughs> how to clean walleyes. Obviously he was a little ahead of the game. I think he had, so he had, he had honed his game in Ottertail County and he brought it up <laughs> to the boundary waters and uh, it, it, it all worked out. So. That's great. That sounds like uh sounds like, can I go? Can I, can I pass for an 18 year old? Cause I, I want to go. I what I and I haven't told Camp Voyager this yet, but they should have an adults only session. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure that brings a lot of you know other problems with it, right? <laughs> Probably. But but I mean, I like a, a September adults. You know, could you imagine mm-hmm. going up there for a month and just not looking at your phone for a month? But like, not having one, like. You can't have one. What, like, did you, you don't even get one. You said that he wrote you a letter. I, I I just assumed email, but are you talking about like a physical, he took a pen to a paper and dropped it in an envelope and a stamp and the whole works and What's sent that? it to you? Yeah. Never heard of that. Exactly. And and that's that's the the preferred form. If you need to email camp, you can, but they'll I think they'll only read them like two or something like that. That you have to write. And so we wrote him letters, right? So we broke out the pen and the paper. We wrote him letters. My dad wrote him letters. My uncles wrote him letters. Um, and, and he wasn't great about writing back, but that's because he was He's on busy. the trail. Yeah. But but they have, they have a mail call. You know, like there's a time during the day when all the kids gather. Like you remember the movie MASH or the TV show MASH? Oh, yeah. Right? You know, so so they, they everybody gathers around and they start hollering out names. Billy, Susie, Frank, Fred, you know, and they get your mail. Hmm. So and, and and you're not supposed to send food. OK, because they because they, they they're pretty. It's not a strict diet, but they give them three squares a day and that's it. Right. Sure. And and uh, my wife snuck in a bag of can of some contraband, <laughs> and, and they confiscated the the bag of Swedish fish. <laughs> oh, Swedish fish, even. Yeah, they yeah, should let they, that they, one slide. Well, they they let them take it out on trail. They said uh, you can't can't bring you know here. You can take it out on trail. And Willie said nobody else liked them, so he got to eat most of them. So that's great. Uh, but uh, yeah, once again, uh, he honed like you said, he honed his skills and. Ottertail County, and, and he was able to put him on sure. display at Camp Voyager. Well, I love that's the second MASH reference I've heard in the last week, which is Is it awesome. really? Yeah. And then, can man, tell me, okay, this is an in-depth question. We like to get in-depth and ask the detailed, hard-hitting, important questions here on Sporting Journal Radio, but how was it writing a letter? Because I notice now when I have to actually handwrite something out, like my handwriting wasn't great to begin with, but trying to write something now, let alone try to write it in, in cursive, or something right. like that. It's brutal. Like it, it, it's painful. It, it was, it was awkward. I'll admit that. But, uh, but I, I'm a note taker. I, yeah. I, I like when I'm in meetings and stuff like that, I, I take notes. I write things down on paper. Just, uh, I, I like to memorialize stuff on paper. So, um, it was, it wasn't completely out of my element, but, uh, 
but yeah. Well, it's, it's nice uh, that you have paper. Like I take some notes too, but it ends up being on mail, like junk mail envelopes. Right, right. <laughs> that's <a> scratch, <laughs> scratch paper that I got lying around. Oh, don't kid yourself. I got plenty of envelopes <laughs> sitting next to me with, with notes written on it for sure. <laughs> well, then why why be wasteful, right? Right, right. Uh, all right. Well, that sounds great, man. Uh, tell Willie congrats for making it through it and, and teaching uh, some of the other people there a few of the tips and tricks for flaying walleye. Cheeks and wings, of course. Cheeks and and uh, Eric, if people want to come up and do a family vacation in Otter Tail Lakes Country, what should they do? They should go find their inner otter at ottertaillakescountry.com. Did you know there are more than 1,000 lakes in Otter Tail County? Yep, and I'm going to fish as many as I can. I'm an outdoorsy otter. Nothing beats a full day of fishing for me. The lakes of Otter Tail County give me plenty of options to lower my boat and snag the perfect catch. Not an outdoorsy otter? No problem. Otter Tail County has something for everyone. You just need to find your inner otter. To find your inner otter, go to ottertaillakescountry.com. Now it's time to head up to Lake of the Woods and check in with our friend Joe Henry from Lake of the Woods Tourism up there. Joe, how you doing, man? Hey, you're back in your studio, Brett. Back home, not necessarily happy about it, but we'll make it work. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I tell you, pros and cons, everything in life, but it looks like you had a great trip up there. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, and uh, we, we're trying to plan a Lake of the Woods trip here while we're while we're home for the next couple of weeks, and it sounds like uh, it'd be a good time to go up there. It's Yeah, it's f- f- fishing in the summer has been so good, and, you know, I should say that, you know, obviously we've had a high water year, and we've had some record-breaking high water, but, you know, water, water levels are already starting to come down. You know, the resorts have done a great job of, uh, you know, making good dock space available. Boat ramps are open and, and fishing's been incredible. I mean, come on up. And, you know, it's funny. We do have some openings this year that we otherwise wouldn't have had. And I really think what's happening, Brett, is, you know, naturally you turn the news on and they might show uh, something in another destination across the northern border with flooding. And people automatically attribute that to the whole border and Lake of the Woods. And the fact of the matter is, you know, our resorts are open and, and we are uh, we're cranking. You know what I mean? I, yeah, yeah. I mean, it seems like no matter what the conditions are up there, you can find fish. And those resorts up there, those guys live and breathe that lake. They find ways to overcome adversity on an annual basis. And uh, this isn't, I mean, it's, it's making them adjust a few things, but it's not really slowing them down, is it? No, it's not. And, you know, I'll tell you, I tell you, for the most part, you know, these are entrepreneurs that are very resilient and their livelihood depends upon making things good and available to customers, right? So things like docks, you know, when the water went up over some of the docks, um, some of the people put in floating docks. Some of the resorts, they put docks on a higher docks that are higher up. Some people tore their old docks out and put in brand new docks that are above the water mm-hmm. level. I mean, there's a number of things that they've done. Um, you, you know, the other thing too is boat ramps, you know, uh, there are some boat ramps up on the Rainy River that were closed down because of the high water. But, you know, some of the major boat ramps, some of the private boat ramps at uh, resorts, they've been open the whole time. And there's plenty of access to different parts of, of Lake of the Woods and the Rainy River. So it's uh, and, and fishing's been good. That's the kicker. In this high water year, fishing has been so good across the entire lake. And, you know, uh, I think that's a big thing is that, you know, if you want to have some really quality walleye uh, pike, musky, smallmouth fishing. Um, boy, Lake of the Woods right now is uh, it's on fire. Well, while we were gone, uh, we kept seeing storm alerts come across from back here in Minnesota, and it sounded like, especially where I'm at down here in uh, 
you know, that southern southwestern part of the state. Sounded like we were getting a lot of weather and a lot of rain. But then when I came home and talked to some of some of my buddies around here, it sounds like, yeah, there were some storms, but not necessarily a ton of rain. Has that been the case up there? Is it are the water levels going down or what's the weather been like at Lake of the Woods? Yeah, exactly right. Overall, uh, water levels are going down. We've had a little bit of you know, a few rain showers here and there, but nothing to change the curve and, and change the trend of the water level starting to drop. And that's been good. You know, the other thing is with real high water, you're going to wash some debris into the river and some debris into the lake, you know, and um, the majority of that is cleaned out. And, uh, you know, it, it just it's, it's a much better atmosphere efficient. You know, before you just had to be a little more careful when you're navigating, watching for logs and things like that. And um, and now, you know, let's say most of that's cleared out. We didn't see anything on the water when we were out yesterday. Boy, I've seen. You know, you got to be a little bit careful with some of that stuff. But if you just keep an eye out or you, uh, you know, you have uh, somebody up near the front of the boat at times, just keeping an eye out. It's pretty easy to navigate around some of that stuff. And you may have to clear a few things off your line if you're fishing in the river here and there. But it's it's not too bad. Sometimes I've found, too, that if you can if you can fish through some of that stuff and, and find a way to keep keep debris off your line or, or, or deal with a little bit, sometimes that can be the best fishing that you'll find. It can it can be really good. And, you know, right now we don't have the debris. I mean, the debris is the debris is gone. That's what I'm saying. The water levels are down. That that water has flushed through enough that uh, that stuff has kind of settled down. So we, we don't have it anymore. But uh, yeah, no, it, exactly. And you know, again, it's it's fishing. You know, it's uh, I was fishing a lake not too long ago, and there was the cottonwood seeds were flying all over, and it made it hard to cast because cottonwood seeds, the <laughs> white fluffy seeds, were getting on your line. And you know, there's always something going on, right? There's bug hatches and. Well, I saw a video. I saw a video from up there uh, a few days ago or last week, I can't remember now, of a bug hatch, and it looked like it was a pretty good one. Yeah, well, you know what, We every, every year, um, those bigger lakes like uh, Mille Lacs and Leech and Lake of the Woods and, you know, and other lakes, but they, they have the big mayfly hatches, and uh, and that, that's a good food source for the walleyes. Now, you got to kind of know how to fish through a, a bug hatch, and Greg Jones of Midwest Outdoors and I shot a TV show yesterday, and... You know, we were done shooting the show by 2.30 in the afternoon. Fishing was just great. And, you know, we, we went to our first spot and we saw carcasses, you know, mayfly carcasses on the water. There's a few mayflies on shore. And we could see some of the mayflies on our graph, too, you know, the larval uh, in the water. And, or the nymphs, I should say. Should say. But uh, anyway, nonetheless, we, we fished one spot, Brett. We thought there was going to be fish. We drove around, didn't mark a lot of fish. We anchored up and jigged on a pod. Caught a sauger, anchored up and anchored up and jig on another pod. Caught one sauger, not enough fish. We moved, went to another place that uh, we wanted to hit on the way to another place. You know, we're going to do a milk run. You know what? There were fish there, so we started pulling spinners through the fish, and uh, my gosh, we started catching good fish. There was nobody around us, and we ended up having a heyday. Uh, big fish was twenty-seven inches. Caught, mm. I think we got twenty-fours. We got some twenty-twos. Got our eaters, got uh, saugers, got a couple pike. I mean, it was just really good fish, and we missed a lot of fish. So uh, there again, it was it was there were bug hatches going on. We could see the bug hatches, not only the carcasses on the surface, but we could see them down in the water. They almost looks like a school of bait fish, but you know, because they're like mid range, you know, they're bugs. And Greg, I think posted something about. You guys tried a couple of different depths. You tried running maybe through the bug hatch, and then maybe down below it, or you were varying your depths to try to find the fish. We were, yeah, and we, we were just kind of looking for fish. Right? We were out there and we're like, all right, we don't have a big line on where the fish are at. Let's just go fishing. And we went to one spot that uh, uh, I talked to a buddy who got some fish the last few days, and those fish, we had a kind of a, 
the wind had switched and stuff, those fish were gone and that happens. So then we just went on a milk run. So we hit a reef actually. And we uh, hit this reef and we went up on top of the reef initially, or then the skinny part of it, 12 feet of water or so, a rock. And we pulled spinners over the top and really didn't catch anything. As we started pulling deeper, we saw the bug hatch on the edge of it. And then we started pulling deeper than that and noticed the walleyes were all a little bit deeper from it. Some were under the bug hatch, some were a little bit deeper. So we just started pulling spinners through there. And, you know, over time, you watch what's happening. You see where you're catching your fish and you develop a pattern. And, uh, you know, we sure did develop a pattern. And, again, it was just, just a matter of, of, of going fishing and, and observing the conditions on the water. Did you keep any walleyes? We did, yeah. Yep, we did. We kept a couple limited walleyes and... Uh, um, and we, of course, we let we let a lot of walleyes go too. Of course, let some saugers go, and and the two pike, I think they both probably would have been keeper. Just under, you know, one of them was probably in the 30, 30 inch, thirty something inch, uh, thirty inch range or so, or just under thirty. And another one was uh, a little bit smaller than that. Both both could have been, I think, good uh, eater fish, but we just we elected to let them go. Well, when you got walleyes, it's it's hard to keep the pike too. But man, I love eating pike. Pike is just as good as walleye. Just got to cut around those Y bones. And honestly, once you once you figure it out and you just cut that strip out, it's pretty it's pretty easy to do. And uh, you know, I know some guys that have done it so many times they could do it blindfolded, and you know, they don't bat an eye at it, and it's over with in about thirty seconds. So it just takes a little bit of uh, just a little bit of practice. But I was curious when you when you fillet those walleyes, did you cut them open and and find mayflies in there? Did you happen to look to see what they were? eating you know what i uh, i was in a hurry um it was uh, some rain had come in yesterday so we got in the fish clean shack it was real crowded so i pretty much just uh, greg and i just whacked them out and uh i looked for anything big in the stomachs but i didn't literally just cut them open sure um for that reason but you know a lot of times when i when i'm in a hurry i'll look and if there's something predominant sticking out of there then of course i i cut it open you know it's almost like uh you, you know, grab bait. What's the what's the magic price in the belly? It's it's you like when, what you're gonna find. Yeah, when Geraldo opened up that vault. Who who remember yeah. when he tried to open up that vault and then there was nothing in there? There was a lot of hype leading up to that deal, wasn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, Joe. Well, um next week I wanna talk a little bit about late summer walleye fishing and why Lake of the Woods can be so good this time of year when uh, some other lakes you might struggle on just a little bit. But we'll talk about that next week on the show. We'll be in uh, Florida, by the way, next week. We'll be down at ICAST. And if people still want to get up to Lake of the Woods, they can still get up there this summer, right? There's still openings up there? Oh, man, there, there, there's openings all over the place. Like I said, you know, we, we've had uh, a couple cancellations and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, now, now if you want to pick out a resort and go to your favorite resort, give them a try because there are openings now, Brett, where there otherwise wouldn't have been. It's a great opportunity to come up. Heck, our fishing season's only begun. You know, we're going to fish all the way through October. So, yeah, things have only begun. And uh, if you want to come up and experience some really, really good walleye fishing right now, I'll tell you what, it's been good. Fishing in October, that's going to cut into my hunting season, Joe. I might have to, <clears throat> I may have to plan a uh, cast and blast trip up there this fall. Well, Brett, that's what that's what therapists are for. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if people want to book a trip, what should they do, Joe? You know what? Check out our website, and that is lakeofthewoodsmn.com. Northern Minnesota's Walleye Factory is a year-round world-class fishing destination. The perfect getaway this summer is just a short drive to Lake of the Woods. Fish Big Traverse Bay, the Rainy River, or visit the unique Northwest Angle. To catch big fish, you have to go where the big fish are. Plan your trip to Lake of the Woods at lakeofthewoodsmn.com. That's lakeofthewoodsmn.com. 
Devil's Lake is legendary, and this summer has been legendary for walleyes. Don't miss out. Call Haybell Heights Campground and Resort today to book one of their modern cabins on East Bay. The cabins are furnished with a full bathroom, kitchen, and all the amenities like high-speed internet and are clean following CDC guidelines. Staying at Haybell Heights gives you full access to a private boat launch, fish cleaning station, and beach area. Learn more at haybellheights.com. That's haybellheights.com. Plan your trip to legendary Devil's Lake today. So tell me who you are and what you do. Wow, I'm not used to being on this end of the interview. My name's Jenna McEwen, and I am one of many hosts for the TV show, The New Fly Fisher. What is The New Fly Fisher? The New Fly Fisher is a television show that airs on YouTube as well as a few uh, broadcast television networks. Um, and our goal is to not only educate people about different techniques for fly fishing, um, about different species, but also um, showing all the different areas all over Canada, the US, even some more uh, locations abroad that you can fish for incredible species. How did you get, uh, st how did you start working for that show? I am very fortunate to have grown up in a family where my father is an avid fly angler, so this is actually his show, his company, and again, very fortunate to have had the opportunity to, to start working through the company for the show through him, um, and to have learned a lot through my dad and also through all the other Jenna, incredible hosts. the biggest thing I've ever caught in my entire life. <laughs> That's awesome. Hell yeah, brother. Should we, should we come over and see it, or...? Sure. I'm happy for you. So what just happened there? Caitlin just caught a yeah. giant. Caitlin just got... They say keep fishing if you want. Caitlin just got a massive lake trout, and this is her first ever fishing trip. Like, ever. She's caught a few like small panfish before, but really no angling experience uh, at all for fly fishing, no conventional fishing experience really, and... Uh, Radio just said, she said she's got the biggest fish she's ever seen in her life, so <laughs> it's pretty awesome that that's attainable here at Tasman Lake Lodge. That's right. Trevor said over the radio we got Moby, and anytime he uses the word Moby, it's a big one. <laughs> There's big fish out here. It's pretty crazy. What do you think of the lake? This is your first time here. What, what did you think when you landed? First off, it, it's really neat that you have this kind of topography. Mm -hmm. It's super unique to this part of Northern Saskatchewan. I've I've worked a lot, I've filmed a lot all over Northern Saskatchewan, all over many of the, the provinces here in Canada, but it's definitely special. You go from super flat to a lot of hills, kind of, not, not mountains, but large hills, rolling hills, um, and lots of really neat rock faces. And then of course, with uh, the Athabasca sand dunes, the eskers here in, in this part of the province, it's these giant desert-like sand dunes that, especially when you're coming in on the float plane from Fort McMurray, is super neat to be able to see and experience. Um, very unique to this this part of the province, this part of the country. And then as you come in over over Tazan Lake, I was definitely blown away by how large a body of water this is. Even just looking at it on the maps provided at the lodge, it's not just one single lake. There's so many bays and river inflows and then there's the one outflow and and it's expansive and it's, it's really great that there's so many opportunities and so many options to fish for. Uh, one of the guys was saying that you could probably fish here for years and still never cover every part of the lake and that's that's pretty awesome that's pretty unique. It's nice though that 
we're right in the middle. Mm -hmm. So while it's a big body of water, 25 miles long by 10 miles wide, you don't have to sit in the boat for an hour to get somewhere. Oh no. I mean, you could have exceptional fishing 10 minutes from the launch. Yeah. Yeah, so you came out here to fly fish. Obviously we're trout fishing now. Um, we kind of have to do that a little bit while you're here. But you came here to fly fish and you yes. caught some trout on the fly rod. I did. Is that the first time catching lake trout on a fly rod? Yeah, first time ever catching lake trout generally. Uh, so absolutely first time on a fly rod. And that's pretty awesome. It's a very unique uh, experience is a very unique fight, very different than a lot of other uh, other freshwater species that you'd, you'd fly fish for. Um, I spoke a lot with my dad about, about tips on how to maneuver them with a fly rod before heading up here and I gotta say between him and Trevor I definitely felt prepared, super knowledgeable on how to get them up but it's a really awesome fight, super fun action on a fly rod. The pike fishing has been just out of this world. It's really hard to find the words uh, when it's it's a lot. It's a lot of trophy. A lot, a lot of trophy northern pike. There's a reason I love coming uh, northern pike fishing up in in Saskatchewan, up in northern Saskatchewan, and here at Tazan Lake. Just again, there's there's, there's no words. How it's many, been phenomenal. How many times did you break your personal best? Twice. Is that the best day of pike fishing you've ever had? Yep. Easily. Watch the show. Watch the show. You won't it's going to be a killer. What did you think of the food? The food's spectacular. Oh my gosh. The chef Steve just above and beyond to make sure that you're, he's, he's making something that you like and, and making sure the presentation is, is beautiful and you have every condiment you could ever ever wish for and uh, the, food, the food is spectacular. The desserts are just delicious they're delicious everything everything here has been just really wonderful from the second you step off the float plane uh, to when you meet your guide to when you get in the boat and you're out on the water you feel like family you feel very taken care of and very at home so there's not really more you could ask for in a full service lodge like this so Dan and I have not done a lot of fly fishing okay what what are some tips that you can give us Tips for fly fishing. So when it comes when it comes to casting, watch your back cast. So when you're holding the rod, especially right at the beginning, watch where your line's going. So follow the fly with your eye because one, you don't want to bring your arm too far back because you'll lose all the momentum in your fly rod. So if you're watching where it go goes, as soon as your loop opens, you can start your forward cast. Uh, don't drop your rod tip immediately on your forward cast when you're launching the line. If you drop your rod tip again, you're going to lose a lot of the momentum that you've built up in your cast. Uh, so point it high, and then as soon as it lays out on the water, then you can drop your rod tip. Um, I think it'll depend a lot on the temperature, the water temperature when you guys are when you guys are testing it out. But uh, don't be afraid to try a bunch of different retrieves. It's something that I, I'm not super familiar with spin fishing, so I'm not too sure how it works when you're when you're reeling in on the the reel. It's still called a reel, right? Yep. Okay. <laughs> Literally no no experience really at all with conventional fishing, but uh, when you're stripping in line, uh, especially when you're in a new a new bay, a new body of water, starting with a slower retrieve strip, 
wait a couple seconds, strip, strip, wait a couple seconds, and then working up to a faster retrieve if you're not getting any takes um, really helps you key into what the fish are what the fish are looking for. It often takes a lot of uh, trial and error exploration when it comes to different flies, uh, different retrieves, that kind of thing to see what the fish are keyed into. So, I mean, you just, you basically just grew up fly fishing. Yep. You didn't do anything different. I, no, I, I did a lot of, uh, I did some conventional fishing when I was really, really little. My dad and I uh, would go into Quebec and we'd, we'd fish for trout and uh, there weren't really fly rods for kids as far as I'm aware back then. But uh, as I got older and started showing interest in the outdoors and in, in fishing, that's when it was all fly fishing all the time. I'm not even sure my dad has conventional gear in the house. I'm just, I mean, probably somewhere in the garage, but never in my presence. It's all, it's all been about fly fishing, which is definitely unique for, for most people, I would imagine. But again, he's a very passionate angler, and I feel very fortunate to have gotten to share in that with him and, and kind of have that as something we got to do together. Why do you think he liked fly fishing so much better than conventional? Honestly, that's a really good question. I have no idea. I think uh, there is an art to fly fishing, not to say that there isn't to, to fishing with conventional gear, but uh, he's a very artistic person. So you have some special trips where you've gone fly fishing with your dad that really stand out? Or yeah. Some moments? Yeah, there's... It's, it's as, as I've gotten more experienced in and worked for the show longer and, and he's started to maybe take a step back from the, from the filming aspect of, of the company, uh, it's, it, we have less and less opportunities to fish. And again, we're both always so busy in the summer. I'm usually out in the field. He's, he's doing everything back in the office or he's out in the field as well. We don't get really many opportunities to fish together anymore. Uh, but uh, feel a bump there. Oh, you might have came across bottom a little bit. I don't know. I only have 126 out. We were in 60 feet back there, oh, okay. and I think we're just kind of sneaking through it right now. Okay. Um, but yeah, my, my dad and I don't have too many opportunities anymore to, to fish together, but uh, there's a few trips that stand out in my mind for sure. Uh, we did an episode in Labrador at Big River Camps for salmon, and that was so much fun. The salmon, the first time, the time that my father and I were there together, uh, the run was fresh, the fish were jumping all around us in the river as we were as we were wading, which was super awesome. And then we were fishing for sea run brook trout um, up at this, this inlet from the ocean, and that was super fun. Um, and then we went on one of my only uh, for fun pleasure fishing trips uh, around that same time actually at the Hunt River, again in Labrador for salmon and that was fun. It's really fun for me to have the opportunity to get to, to, to pleasure fish with my dad and just not be worrying about work, just like focus on our time together. Really as you age and at least in my experience as I age and I watch my parents age, I really value the time I get to spend together with them and again it's really special to me that I have this bond and this shared passion with my dad and so any time spent out on the water with him is a, an awesome memory for me. Is he going to be jealous that he didn't come with on this trip? Oh yeah, oh yeah. He had wanted to come, that was actually Trevor. Uh, that is... Oh, that was bottom. God dang, that felt like 
like a fish. I'm excited. Yeah, that was a fish. Um, say that again, though? Yeah. My dad actually, uh, it was either going to be him or one of our other hosts, my dad's business partner, Mark Melnick, who were going to come up here, and I don't know how in the grand scheme of things it ended up being me. I'm very thankful for that opportunity, but he's definitely going to be jealous. I've been uh, texting him the size of some of these trophy pike I've caught and some of these photos, and he's over the moon for the show, but definitely, definitely jealous. <laughs> so you guys are based in Ottawa? Yes. And how far and wide do you travel for the show? Oh man, I actually was just in Chilean Patagonia in wow. end of April, beginning of May, um, doing some work down there for some future future episodes, some other content we create, uh, which was super awesome. I know other hosts in the past. I've done the Bahamas, Nicaragua, um, some of those saltwater saltwater fly fishing opportunities, and then we film all the way across Canada, most of the provinces and territories, and then uh, we do a lot in the U.S. as well. So the western U.S. is in Idaho, Wyoming, Colorado, Utah. Um, we've done some episodes in Pennsylvania, in Maine, Vermont, um, really all over. It, it, it varies year to year, and each year there's a new exciting fishing opportunity somewhere. So it's, it's a pretty cool, it's a pretty cool setup. So for somebody that's going to come up, or maybe for me and Dan that are going to fly fish here on Taz, and what, what kind of gear should we be using? Uh, you're going to want to come prepared with a heavier rod. So a 9 or a 10 uh, weight rod, a 9 foot length. These fish are very strong, so you don't want to go any lighter than that. And then what I would suggest, especially um, at this time of year, is coming with a variety of different fly lines. So everything from a floating line to a full sink and probably an intermediate as well, just so that you can really key into wherever the fish are feeding. And again, have the opportunity to go for, for lake trout on the fly if you look like that's what they're looking for. Um, get you really right down to the bottom where they might be, might be feeding. And then of course, a variety of flies. What I found works really well on this trip is uh, streamers, uh, matching the bait fish in the area. And then I've had a lot of success with whistlers as well. And of course, you're, you're gonna wanna throw in a couple topwater flies, because if the if, if the weather's right, if the conditions are right, that's just awesome. Did you do some topwater stuff? Oh yeah, I I got my first trophy pike on a topwater. Oh, it was, it's pretty sweet. Nice. Well, we appreciate you guys coming. Yeah, appreciate you having us here. It's been awesome. It's been a pleasure meeting you guys as well and seeing the, the work behind TASM TV. Sporting Journal Radio is a division of Macaba LLC. If you've got a question, comment, or story idea for us, send us an email. Go to sportingjournalradio.com. While you're there, you can learn how to advertise on the show and visit our store for hats, hoodies, coffee mugs, and more. Go to sportingjournalradio.com.